there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. I hope y'all are ready to talk salad because we're going to talk some some delicious fast food salad in the what we learned section. We might talk a lot about a little football along the way, but I mean, that's, this is what we're, this is what we're here for guys. We're made for fast food salad. If you see, if you saw me, you would think that guy just eats a lot of leafy greens, (laughs) just as, as healthy as could be. How are you, Spencer? How's it going? Man, I'm good. I'm excited to get into big 12 conference football. Wow. Texas Tech starts off with a, a tough one on the road in Austin. But we'll have that preview for you here in a minute. Um, had some miscalculations on the stats. Had to quickly update that. Maybe change my prediction. I don't know. We'll see. Um, <laughs> I still think you match up very well with the Longhorns, which we'll get into here in a minute. Maybe the best that you've probably matched up with them in recent history, at least. Um, we'll wrap up our final thoughts on the Florida international game briefly, since we had, uh, more stats available post game, unlike the SFA games, we won't have as much to go over. Uh, and then we'll get into the preview for the trip down to Austin. Um, but as always guys, you can follow us on Twitter at 23 personnel at punts suck. And you can follow Michael at Michael underscore LBK on Instagram. And every Saturday morning over on Rob Bro's College Tailgate Show, 10 to noon. You can listen in Lubbock on Talk 1039 FM, 1340 AM, AM 960 down in San Angelo, or online at KKAM.com. It is the live audio only sports talk platform free to download and to use. Talk to us, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share experiences on the app. All you got to do download the Spotify Green Room app. It's free. Create a profile, link your Twitter, join the group, follow us, Spencer Rogers or Michael McDonald, to be notified when we go live. We've typically been going live just about 30 minutes after the final whistle to do our instant reaction post-game podcast. Come with your spiciest takes. All right. All right, man. Sorry. Yes. Let's, uh, let's just jump right into football, man. I am waiting. All right, let's do it. Takes it up the 
try to get to the right sideline, breaks the tackle, he's got running room at the 30, the 35-40, he's the midfield, the 45-40, he may go, 25-10, touchdown Red Raiders! Davis Webb, the freshman, screen, shotgun from the 28. The throw goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. Oh, he breaks. Oh, he's going to hurt that Red Raider. Unbelievable. As it does every week, Michael, I thought of something listening to that highlight. Last <laughs> week, our man, Michael Crabtree, inducted into the ring of honor at Texas Tech. His name is up on the stadium facade forever. Pretty spectacular. I mean, I'm not surprised that he's the first of that group. We've talked about it at length on this podcast, what he was able to do at Texas Tech in only two years. He leads so many categories of guys that have played for full years in, you know, yards and receptions and touchdowns and I mean congratulations to him I'm glad he came back I hope he kind of gets a little bit more of a more involved visually with Texas Tech that would really be great and um you know he he did pretty good in the booth uh he I I feel like he was he was more entertaining and had more to say than Brandon Jacobs a lot of the time and yeah, he and was just thrown up there after a halftime <laughs> ceremony. Yeah, he was up there, and then he went over to the, the radio booth with Brian Jensen and uh, I'm blanking on his name, John Harris. John Harris, yeah, uh, and did similar kind of thing over there. But he was up there for two full segments. Like there was a commercial break. He was up there for quite a while. Um, but yeah, so Michael Crabtree's name is now on the side of the stadium. See it every time you walk in. Samantha asked me, "He's like, did they retire his numbers?" Like, no, Samantha. Patrick Mahomes wore that number after he did, but maybe they should or, or turn it into that number of like significance where only the best players can earn to wear number five. I don't know. Who is it now? I think it's, is it Shadarius Townsend? Yeah. Uh, and I don't think there's one on defense that wears five. There may not be. And the only one I can think of on defense that's worn five recently was Trey Porter as a safety early 2010s. Oh my gosh. I just realized that that rhymes with a a great old Johnny Cash song. Cool. You ever heard you ever heard Hey Porter? No. Why did I not think of that while he was here? <laughs> that would have been so useful, I'm sure, for one great tweet with with at least three, possibly four likes. Someone would have got that reference. Yeah, maybe. Um let's 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 do a quick wrap on Florida International. Let's we'll talk about the Tech Tech offense. We, we, in the post game instant reaction podcast, we said that it was good to see your offense not have to rely on explosive plays. You still had explosive plays and that was like, you don't want those to go away. Obviously Uh, you had 10 passing plays of 15 or more yards for 274 yards, five rushing plays of 10 or more yards for a total of 73 yards. Um, And then Michael, you found this. There were three sustained drives with 10 or more plays, 10, 11 and 12 play drives yep that was something we you know just just kind of stuff we wanted to see we got to see it we feel a little bit better i panicked slightly 
because of the offense stalling on their first two drives. But, um, you know, that's why you're not supposed to tweet during the games and you're just supposed to live through it and breathe and (laughs) digest it all later. Like a, like a, like a normal sports fan does, right? That's what everybody does. No one overreacts during the game. If you want instant reaction, you need to like have some kind of, um, just peek into our, our Slack chat during the games. It's a like what makes it onto Twitter is all even, even the spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric introducing the ZDX Acura's most powerful SUV yet crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships. The ZDX has track tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Then has been watered down and digested a little bit from what gets thrown into our Slack chat. And it's usually by me. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And then I get to Twitter. I was like, well, that wasn't good. And post game, I was like, actually, you did pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. See, (laughs) come full circle. Uh, Quarterback Max Bortenschlager. I still love that name. Um, 12 to 27 on the day, less than 50% completion, which you love to see that. 185 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, 6.8 yards per attempt. You'll take that. That means they're not throwing the ball deep. They did come, they did, I say that, um, because of his completion percentage was so low. the completions he did get 185 yards on 12 completions, a handful of them were explosive plays. The one thing that we talked about in the post game, 148 of his 185 passing yards came on third down. Don't like to see that, especially when you were, you were forcing them to something like third and eight, like yes. their average down to go like average distance to go on third down was like eight yards. Um, it was not a manageable third down. Like you'd seen, uh, the couple of weeks before right. where they felt like going for it was worth it. Yeah. And you held them to like five of 15 on third down. Um, but they were, they picked up so many yards on third down. They had four passing plays of 15 or more yards. So for 170 yards, they had 170 yards on four completions. Well, I think one of those that's average of 60. That, <laughs> yeah. One of those, was that crazy, or blown coverage where I think that 40. freshman who's still in the kicking team just got tossed a wide open ball after tech blitzed seven dudes and didn't get to Borton Schlager in time. No. Yeah. You, you had one, one, him wide open. one blown coverage, um, which it's bound to happen, right? Like it, it happens yep. miscommunication or you get beat on a blitz. Like it happens. 
what doesn't happen though to, to, to the Texas Tech defense is getting burned on the ground, Michael. Running back Devontae Price, 6'2, 220, whatever, 15 carries, 51 yards, was coming into this game having a better yards per carry average than Taj Brooks. It was like something like nine yards. Yeah. Um, still, like, so in this game, 15 carries, 3.4 yards per carry. That's less than half of what he was carrying. Dropped him down to number 10 in all of college football for yards per carry to 7.6. So his 3.4 average dropped him to 7.6 on the year to tell you how good he was the past two games. Um, Texas Tech defensively, which we'll, we'll get to more in the, in the Texas preview. Uh, a little salty. I, uh, I added it up. You've given up 162 total rushing yards in three games. <clears throat> okay. Now, now hang on. That's okay. You hit the plus button, right? That's all three games added. <laughs> it's all three games combined. 50, That's not like last, last game or, you know, the, the last three halves. Mm-hmm. Of, that's it. Th- this is not like a, September. This is not like when we were like number one in total defense under Tommy Tuberville after like week one, where you beat some like Northwestern state and you held them like 80 total yards. Um, and you were like, oh my gosh, look, we're number one in total defense. Like everybody took the screenshot. Like you'll never see this again. And you didn't. But now this is three games in giving up fewer than 55 yards per game. 1.7 yards per carry. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. So uh, Texas Tech won this past weekend. 54-21. Our predictions. Michael had 35-18. Not quite a cover of the 20 and a half point line. I had 38, 17, which was barely a cover. Text tech offense and muddy waters came to prove us wrong. Yes. And I have been, I've joined the action app, which is a really cool place to keep up with your prognostications Mm -hmm. and it's all for fun. There's no, you know, it's for funsies. Yeah. It's just for fun. No (laughs) one's asking for credit card info or anything like that. So, I'm glad because there would already have been a henchman at my door with, uh, you know, a lug wrench ready to get what is owed him because I have made so many terrible picks. And this was one of them tech in hindsight, you know, I just didn't feel like tech could score in the fifties. They've done it once in three years. Um, this was the first time they've done it in a win since 2018 versus Houston. But they sure did, and they did it in a commanding fashion. Um, so yeah, I did not pick them to cover, and they way more than covered. They doubled up on them. Yeah, and if you were tracking my my uh, my action on the action app, all time uh, I am nine seven and zero, oh, but I am Ooh. minus. Point six nine units. So I'm a little in the hole. Uh, ROI of minus 4.3%. So don't, uh, don't follow me for, for advice. Fade Spencer, uh, follow, <laughs> follow gambling gauchos, gambling gauchos, Captain Rob and Cal Jacobson for the, the better advice there. Better. Ooh, that works oh, yeah. on multiple levels. Let's, the better, um, better advice, the better, better advice. Let's talk about the Longhorns. 
Uh, you're going down to Austin, ABC, not primetime. Uh, what, what is, what is that? Like the premier national, national, national network, TV. national TV, national 11 a.m. Not quite the big news. That's that's Fox, but ABC, 11 a.m. Um, Longhorns. You know, I'm legit. Sorry. I'm, I'm legit excited about ABC having this game because that means my mom gets to watch it. She doesn't have cable. She just kind of refuses to get it. I'm not <laughs> sure why, but it's always fun because I always text her, Hey, you know, if you want to watch the game, it's on channel 28 today. And she's always, you know, Hey, okay, thanks. And then I will get random texts from her during the game and I'll try to share them with y'all if I do, because they're almost always on point. Yeah. They're great. I mean, she's, she's just like, gosh, I mean, this offense just can't get rolling. Can they? And I'm like, no, you're right, mom. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Or she'll just say, man, what a, if, if only they could make a field goal or, or whatever it is, she'll just, she'll just randomly text me in the third quarter or something. And it's almost accurate or it's accurate almost every single time. It's like, yep, yeah, mom's got it. She knows. So yeah. I look forward to those. Hopefully I can share some of those with y'all. <laughs> so is, is it, um, what's his name? Uh, I, I can't stand him and Spencer Tillman. Oh, oh, the broadcast team. Yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll look it up. I, I, I can't like, we always seem to get him or them for the Texas game. Um, and I, I just, I cannot like, I I'd rather have Mark Neely and Brandon Jacobs back. Brandon Jacobs, like I was like, dude, like it for half the game, like clear your throat, man. Like turn your mic off, clear your throat. Cause he was like gro- grovelly. Couldn't even hear him. Anyways, offense, longhorn offense, super run heavy, right? From what we found two to one in terms of rush to pass. Um, so when I was talking about how I like this matchup for Texas tech, um, they want to run the ball and and they've been fairly successful. Um, I think part of it's going to have to do with the outlier of rice being in there. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas I don't think Texas tech has such an outlier. Uh, they ran for 427 yards against rice. When we did the per game and per per rush averages, it added a hundred yards per game to their season total or season average and like three yards per carry from one game. Yeah, um, now, I mean, we're not saying tech shouldn't have that outlier because they should have against Stephen F a Stephen, Stephen, Stephen F a. I, I got confused with Stephen F and a gotten. I don't even know. Stephen um, F Austin. Yeah. Like we, we should have had the same kind of outlier. Um, but yeah, so versus Louisiana, the first game of the year, 42 rush, 26 pass Arkansas, 41 rush, 23 pass, which did like, they had the same ratio but like the scores were inverted, right? Versus Louisiana, they won that game 38 18. Uh, and then versus Arkansas, they lost that game 40 to 21. So they had the same offensive play calling, regardless of the outcome of the game. Versus Rice, 41 rush, 21 pass. So same kind of thing. They blew Rice out 58 0. But like it seems like, and I don't, I don't know if Sark is calling his own plays or uh, they have an offense in the corner that runs that they, they, they have a, a prescription down there in Austin. Like it's 40, yeah. 20 um, quarterback. They've gone with, they've had two different starters, Casey Thompson and Hudson card. It looks like Casey Thompson has kind of taken over. He wasn't day one starter. He's junior six, one, one ninety. So not, not a very big kid, 
only thrown 31 passes on the year, 77% completion percentage, 262 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Um, Hudson card. If you do see him, he's thrown a few more attempts, 24 for 39, his completion percentage, a little lower 61 and a half percent for 314 yards, two touchdowns. Um, card started the first two games, Louisiana, Arkansas, um, Thompson came in, took over in Arkansas and then started rice card then came in and played towards the end of the rice game after it was out of hand. Um, either way, and, and, and this will get to our, our, our keys in the game. Really? Um, if they are having to rely on their quarterback, they're, they're, they're not in good shape. Neither one of them really scares me to beat you. Um, they've got solid receivers. Their leading receiver is a toothpick six foot one sixty, Uh, and on the year has 10 catches. Their leading receiver has 10 catches, Michael. I mean, Ezukama has 10 in a game, doesn't he? I'm pretty sure he had 10 against uh, Houston for sure. It wasn't um, 10. It was nine, but they're running backs. Let's talk about them. Um, oh my God. These are guys that you know of. <laughs> Everybody knows they're, they're well aware B. John Robinson made a name for himself last year as a freshman, back as a sophomore, six foot two fifteen. So far this year, fifty-two carries. So he is their their workhorse. Two hundred ninety-nine yards, five point eight yards per carry, five touchdowns. Also, has caught six balls for ninety-one yards and another touchdown. So, the offense moves through B. John Robinson. Um, and and he will make you miss. He can really read where to go. I mean, I, I watched enough of those highlights today. Guys were flying all, it, it, not just missing tackles, but shaking off tackles. Like there were people in position, especially against Louisiana. Now rice, of course they were just kind of falling off, but there were some guys that should have tackled him in Louisiana. And B. John Robinson was like, nah, nah, and just kind of like dropped them off. Like if they, like they were nothing. So, the good thing about that and, and looking back at the Texas tech defense um, to be fair, you haven't faced anyone close to a B. John Robinson talent level. You also have not, you haven't had the, you haven't had the tackling issues you've seen historically of Texas tech. You've seen very sound tackling um, a bunch of guys getting there. Um, not a lot of broken tackles, not dragging a pile. Robinson's going to be a handful though, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And he's not the only running back in the conference that's going to give you trouble. And it's not because your rush defense is bad. We've, we've talked about how good it is. And, we're, and that's one of the reasons why I think y- you have a great chance at winning this game because they want to run the ball and they're going to, they're going to force it. They're going to run the ball 40 times. Um, your defense has shown in three games, they do not fade so far. Knock on wood. Um, they almost get better. I mean, now that's, this is probably a different set of athletes that they've competed against this year, but they've definitely outlasted the three teams I've felt mm-hmm. going down the stretch. Um, yeah. And then they're behind Robinson at Roshan Johnson, junior six, two to 20, uh, very similar in size to Devonte price. who You've seen 12 carries, 142 yards, 11.8 yards per carry. Um, Granted, 72 of those yards came on one play. So previous to that, it was 11 carries for 70 yards. So Yeah, he, and a lot of that, I think he had eight carries against Rice. So 
not, you know, kind of grain of salt there, but I, I got to see him a lot on those highlights because of how well he did against rice for sure. And he's an, he's another guy. He's going to be super hard to tackle. Um, Keelan Robertson Robinson, I think is another guy that I saw come in against at least Louisiana. He had some really good plays there. I mean, I just think Bijan's obviously a cut above, but I feel like they are similar to tech in the fact that in the effect that they have running backs that when they come in, they're going to cause you some problems. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're not going to be able to, Oh, okay. Oh, good. You know, um, Taj Brooks is in this play instead of Sir Roderick. We can take the playoff. No, it's kind of the same. It's the same for them only more so probably because, you know, if, if B. John Robinson's taking a break, then you've got Roshan Johnson coming in and you've got Keelan Robinson coming in. Um, and, and I think, and I don't know if this is right or not because my, my eye tests don't always pass what's really happening, but I felt like, in what I watched of the UT versus Arkansas game, both offensive lines were better than the defensive lines. If that makes any sense. I felt like the O lines won the battles a lot. And what I got to see, um, you know, I mean, Arkansas was able to run 330 yards on these guys and, you know, Texas was still, what did they do? They ran almost 200 on Arkansas. Um, I don't know this, this, this group of offensive linemen is definitely going to be the best that, that tech has faced this year. And I, I just hope that they can, our guys on the defensive front can hold their own. And, and, um, you know, when Bijan Robinson breaks through that Colin schoolers there to greet him or something. I mean, I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm interested to see it because it's tech has some really good athletes on defense, man. That front seven is really something else. Well, and then you say that, and I, I I think about all the big plays we've seen from the defensive backs, whether it's like hammering receivers out on the flats, um, yes. on like on screens or or jumping routes, um, or just being sound tacklers, right? Like you're not having guys break tackles on you on the on the on the sideline and get another 10, 15, 20 yards. Um so speaking of defensive backs, I'm I'm probably going to be disappointed in this game if they throw for 250 yards against you. Yeah. Because like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not scared of their, of their quarterbacks and I'm not really scared of their receivers. Like they're not big guys. They're not going to body you up. Um, they're going to be, they're trying to, they're going to try to be shifty and find space. Their top four receivers. The biggest one is six one one ninety. Sorry, no, uh, Jordan Whittington, 6'1", 203. The other other three guys I, I checked on were like six foot or below and like 190 pounds. Their leading receiver, Xavier Worthy, freshman, 6'1", 160, 10 catches, 163 yards. Um, Jordan Whittington's their number two guy, sophomore, 6'1", 203, 13 receptions, 152 yards. Uh, Bijan Robinson's their third leading receiver with six catches. Calvante Dixon, three catches for 48 yards. Joshua Moore, four catches for 39 yards. Like I said, they're all in the six foot, six one range. Your defensive backs are like six, three, six, four. Well, and Bijan Robinson, just to bring him up again, you mentioned those six catches, six catches for 91 yards. That's 15 yards a catch. 
And those are almost always after catch. Yeah. He's going to a running back. I mean, cause odd, odd, odds are they're catching it behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, this is just how dangerous this guy is. The long reception for Bijan Robinson is 28. So it's not like he broke a, a big one. The rest of those are just a few yards. Like his 15 yards per catch. They're pretty consistent. Um, yep. They're not very explosive through the air. Their longest pass play of the year, 41 yards. Like, yeah, yeah if they pick that up against you, it's going to be frustrating, right? But yes. it's not like you've got a 70, a 60, like a bunch of those type of, like they've got a 34, uh, 28, 22, 22, 14, 20. Like they're not breaking big catches off. What they're doing is they're running. Um, Bijan Robinson's got a 62 yarder. Roshan Johnson's got a 72. Keelan Robinson's got a 65, which is almost half of all of his yards. Um, same thing with Roshan. Jonathan Brooks, 25 yard, his long, of, you know, total of 63 on the year, 25 came on one. Um, so offensively, you need to be concerned about filling the box up with your, your pounding defensive linemen, your linebackers that fly everywhere. Um, play some man and, 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 you know, stop the run or slow down the run um, and put some pressure on them defensively. They're not as good defensively as they have been uh, in the past. And I don't know if there's just Sarkeesian getting his guys in or his system. They run a similar defense that you see basically all over the big 12. Now they play with three defensive linemen, three linebackers and five defensive backs. Texas tech does it. Um, Iowa state does it. There are not many teams that are committed to four defensive linemen all the time. Uh, like a TCU is uh, in terms of tackling. They're led by their group of linebackers. Uh, De- DeMarvian overshone 25 tackles, Luke Brockermeyer, 20 tackles, OV Okofu, 13 tackles. Um, I just, I think there are opportunities for the offense here to be able to put some pressure on, on the Longhorns. Yes, you're going to be on the road. And yes, it could be a little wild environment uh, being that their stadium is allowed to be full this year after it wasn't last year. And you had, not, not that you weren't, not that you were in Austin last year, but um, special teams, Michael Dicker, the kicker. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got a little bit to update on that just because I think they have, they're having a little bit of special team trouble um, you, you know, it's not going to sound like much, but Dicker, the kicker is one of three on field goals for the year. At first that sounds like, Oh man, he's really in a slump, but the attempts were, you know, he made a 49 yarder versus Louisiana, but also missed a 45 and then he missed a 52 at Arkansas. And of course he didn't take any attempts versus rice. Um, you know, it may mean nothing. It's cause those are some long, probably low percentage kicks anyway. Oh yeah. But to trot him out there, I mean, that's, it might, it might be in his head a little bit that the main thing I want to point out too was Arkansas just completely blasted through on a punt and Dicker basically punted the ball to a lineman and it was recovered way deep into the red zone. I think that's how Arkansas got on the scoreboard first. I mean, this is something that they could take advantage of. I hope, you know, Tex had some special team struggles and I'm trying to talk myself into, well, maybe it's going to be a wash, you know, maybe there will be some similar issues or 
if UT misses a field goal and Tech muffs a punt or whatever crazy thing they do, they'll kind of cancel each other out and it won't be a, a killer effect to the game. Yeah. But, I mean, you just never know that the defense, you know, you mentioned the defense. It was – Arkansas was just able to kind of move the ball at will the, the whole time. I'm, I'm hoping that the coaches watched as much of that tape as they could – uh, you know, and I'm not saying that Shuck is KJ Jefferson, but man, he rushed 10 times for 75 yards on him. I mean, if, if there's an opening to have Shuck use his feet, I think that he will have that and he can take that and, you know, he may not rush 10 times, but he may rush five and move the chains a few mm-hmm. of those times too. And that would make a big difference. I, I, I didn't, seem that scared of their defense kind of like you i mean the seemed like the passes were open in the flats um you know there were some blown coverages in the secondary they weren't getting a ton of pressure but like i said that offensive line for arkansas my god i (laughs) I don't know who would get a lot of pressure on them but mm, it's it sure seems winnable are are there any stats to talk me out of it (laughs) Or are we well, just, yeah, or, okay. Let's what's going on. So let's let, let's talk matchups here. Um, historically, when we talk about Texas Tech offense, we think air raid and, and throwing the ball. Um, their pass defense, as it has been for a while, like that may be the strength of their defense. Right? They're they're not very. Uh, they don't give up a, a, a ton of yards per game. Now again, which is opposite of the last few years, but. When you when you yeah. think about they played Rice and beat him fifty eight zero, and they played Arkansas who ran for like four hundred yards or what three hundred thirty three yards. So there's there's opportunity for that passing defense to be skewed down, kind of artificially. Um, Louisiana first game of the year threw for almost three hundred yards against them. Uh, the Texas defense so far this season gives up one hundred eighty three yards per game through the year on just over six and a half yards per attempt. That's, that's decent. The thing though, when you think about Texas tech offense is what we're not reliant on throwing the ball as we have been previously. We, we run the ball and we run it really well. Uh, we have been so far. Here's the biggest matchup. I think you need to lay, like lean on the Texas rush defense is horrendous. There's worse than you. And like, Obviously worse than you. It's they're giving up 184 yards per game. Granted, like we're, we're, you know, three games in an outlier really skews these results, right? The 300 yards they gave up to Arkansas is going to skew their defense as much as the rice game is going to skew their offense up. Um, but 184 yards on the ground per game, 5.1 yards per carry. They give up. Texas Tech rushes for 170 yards per game on five and a half yards per carry. I mean, that is right there. That is rocking a hard place type type stuff. Um, that's going to be a really interesting matchup to see. And the the re- inverse of that as well. Um, you know, down here you've got this kind of the same stats in the other direction. Like you mentioned before, Texas Tech's defense is rushing are they're allowing only 55 yards per game pretty much. Mm-hmm. 
on 1.7 yards per carry. Less than two yards per carry. This is what the defense is allowing. Texas offense, of course, is coming in, averaging 245 yards per game. And they're rushing six yards per carry. Mm -hmm. So that's really going to test this defense and see if, okay, were these first three games kind of a fluke? Because one of the best rushing offenses, well, I don't know. I don't know about it in the country, but definitely the Big 12 is is going to test these guys like they've never been tested before. You know, they're almost 200 more yards per game than what the defense has allowed. And uh, that's, that's a recipe for, I don't know. It's going to be a great equalizer, I think. Yeah. Possibly both of these stats. You know, you, I hope I hope you see both of them change a little bit, but not too much. So the total yards may be um, skewed by by like outliers, but I think if you look at per attempt, that that's that's a little bit better of a measure. Um, the Texas pass defense six point six yards per attempt given up. The Texas Tech pass defense five point seven yards given up per attempt pass attempt. They give up 5.1 yards on the ground. You give up 1.7. Your defense is statistically better, significantly better than the Texas Longhorns. When's the last time you were able to say that? Yeah, even this this relatively new into the season, it's just such a different mindset to have to know that, man, there's a chance if they line up and it's third and four that they're they're just not going to get it. They may only rush for two. They yeah. may not get past the line of scrimmage. I don't know. Whereas before it was just an inevitable. Okay, just move the chains. Yeah, they're gonna. They, you know, they're gonna run seven rushing plays in a row. It's gonna be that they'll pass it once or twice here and there, and then next thing you know, it's a fourteen play, eight minute drive, and uh, <laughs> everybody's just <laughs> exhausted. Yeah, and then if you look at the Texas passing offense, eight point two yards per attempt. Texas Tech, 9.8. Almost a full two yards better per attempt through the air. They run, like like we said, 5.9 yards per attempt. You run for 5.5. Um, so they have a slight advantage and they're, they're able to run more yards per carry by almost half a yard. You hold a significant advantage in the defense, the rush defense. Uh, your pass offense is better than their pass offense. Your pass defense is better than their pass defense. Um, I just, it's going to come down in my mind. If you're, if you're able to slow them down enough that they're going to start to get away from their prescription of 40 rushing plays to 20 passing, or if, if they're going to stick to 40 r- rushing plays, that you stick around like three yards per carry that you only allow them three, three and a half yards per, per rush instead of six. Yeah. Kind of meet somewhere in the middle where we're Texas currently allowing two. Texas is running six. We may be looking at three or four. Therefore yeah. I would hope, you know, that would be ideal to slow them down. You know, I don't expect Texas to come in here and only rush for 55 yards because that's what Tech's done the first three games. But, you know, maybe 150. We could call that a win. Or, yeah. or 125 would be crazy. That'd be incredible, you know? So 
pick six previews uh, is a great job to, to compile statistical analysis. Um, they, they are looking at the top five offenses in terms of yards per play in all of the power five. Two, four, six, eight. You're 10th on this list in terms of yards per, per play. Texas Tech, 7.5 yards per play. Defensively, you're also on this, on this top list. Say what? In all of power five yards per play. Two, four, six, eight. You're ninth at 4.0 yards per play. You know who's not on that list on either one of those? Texas. Yeah. You know who and, and is on both lists though? And, and strangely higher than you on both Baylor. And I don't know if this is like just a, a, a weird fluke of their schedule. Cause they played Texas state uh, and Texas Southern. Um, and it may kind of swing back after they get some stronger opponents under their belt. That's what we could say the same for us. too. That, that's one. Well, I, I, I think Houston is better than anybody they've played. I think um, Stephen Austin's obviously better than Texas Southern. Um, Texas State and Florida International played to an overtime game. They may be comparable. I don't know who else Baylor's played. Kansas, 45 to 7 against Kansas. Kansas, okay. Is Kansas, is Houston better than Kansas? Yes. Is SFA better than to Texas Southern? I think so. And Florida's or Florida international and to Texas state may be fairly similar. Okay. You're talking me into it. Anyways, that's something to watch out for as much as, as we were like, how is, how is Baylor picked to win as many games as they were at the beginning of the season? They're kind of, they're backing that up. Anyways, pick six previews. Texas tech is number 10 in yards per play on offense gained and number nine in yards per allowed on defense. I like it. I I, I think this sets up. Um, again, you're going to need to be. You're going to need to to limit your turnovers. You're not going to. You can't give the ball back on a punt. Um, you can't have weird inter- interceptions. Um, you can't give up big plays on special teams. Like I know, I'm I'm hedging like a lot of things right here, <laughs> but I think right now the, the line is Texas tech plus eight. It opened up like 13 and a half. So it's dropped five and a half points in just a few days. Um, over under 61. I'm so I'm gonna take the under barely, but I'm going to take Texas tech to not only cover, but to win this game in Austin, this, if you win this game and, and I know that in my, in my preseason predictions, I, I, I picked this as a loss. I think you're a little bit ahead of where I thought you were going to be. Um, I'm not as impressed with, with Texas as I, as I assumed it would be like, I, they're not as good as I thought they would be uh, even with a new coach, new system, all that kind of stuff. If you win this game and you you get to four, no, the next few games set up really nicely to get like, to get into Norman, maybe undefeated. Oh my gosh. And I know How crazy I, with that preseason, I, I talked about going into Norman or, or, you know, wh- whatever it was, um, at like seven and one or whatever, because I, I just assumed between, I, then I said between Texas and Houston, you'll lose one of those games. 
Um, and you still may lose this game this weekend and that, that may still hold true. Um, but you go on the road to West Virginia. I'm not, they don't right now. I'm not concerned with, with West Virginia. I don't think they're, I, I don't think from what I've seen so far that you should be overly concerned with West Virginia. And we'll talk about that next week in our preview and how they do everything offensively and defensively. Then you come home, host TCU on the road at Kansas, host Kansas state. I think the very least, by the time you go to Norman, you should be bowl eligible. That would be incredible. Let me just say that. I mean, for, I, whatever the record looks like, I think by the time the end of October hits, you, you travel to Norman October 30th. I think by that game, by that game, you are six and three or better. Okay. Now, after all this, I'm going to throw out my prediction too. Sorry. So I'm, I'm taking text tech 3127. No, no, you're good. No, you're good. I mean, I'm, I'm listening to it and I'm still, I'm still forming my opinion. I am also picking tech to cover, but. Oh no. I, I am. You know, you talked to the, the things you talked about that have to happen is exactly what I'm afraid won't happen. You know, we can't, Texas tech has to, Texas Tech can't have a pick six. They can't have a muffed punt. They can't have, you know, a kickoff return or a one blown coverage that costs a touchdown. I mean, they've got to play a very close to perfect game, I think, to beat this team in Austin because Bijan Robinson is a concern. He is a gigantic concern. Yeah. Um, you know, the the quarterback play, I can go back and forth on that because like you said, that they're, I don't want to say they're a non-factor because then they'll throw for 300 yards on us. But, you know, Casey Thompson, he's he started one game. He started against Rice. Uh, Sarkeesian's kind of doing this weird thing where they're both playing. You know, Hudson Card started versus Louisiana and Arkansas. Then he pulled him in Fayetteville and... Thompson finished the game. Then Thompson went on to start versus rice and then card came in to finish the game versus rice. So it's just kind of, it's, it's, it's obviously they feel like they could just plug and play either guy in and get about the same result, which is pretty true. You know, cards completions percentage is a lot lower, but only because he's thrown eight more passes. So it's not like it's, you know, a crazy thing. Thompson's the only one who's thrown interception. So anyway, the quarterback play, I think they're just going to plug and play whoever's working. You'll see Thompson first because that's what Sarkeesian said during his press conference. But and he's doing a little better now. Excuse me. But man, Bijan just and I'm calling. We're just on first name basis. Oh, we're uh, best buds. Yeah, yeah. Bijan just really worries me. And then just some awful thing that we can't predict is is bound to happen. And so I've got Texas not covering, but winning 35, 28, winning by a touchdown and probably just one touchdown that you just go, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. Uh, I, you know, I don't want to be that guy, but that's where I am. I well, just, and I just think that's kind of where tech is, is as good as they have played so yeah. far. I feel like this is the, this will make or break me as a believer for the rest of the season. 
kind of whatever happens in this game. Well, I, I don't think, I mean, unless it's horrendous and everything that you've done well does not show up in Austin and like you're missing tackles, they're breaking big, big runs on you. They're, they're able to, to, to break your back over the top with long passes. Like it would be hard for me to say after one game that like, Oh no, I feel bad about what we're going to do the rest of the season. Um, yes. Like me saying that you give up 27 points, to the Longhorns in Austin is optimistic and <laughs> probably doesn't account for something weird happening or maybe the weirdness kind of evens out. Um, maybe text just do for nothing weird to happen. You may have the right call over there. Maybe they're just due for just perfect special teams play and no turnovers. I, it doesn't even like in terms of special teams play, like you can miss a field goal and me not feel bad about it as long as it's like 35 or more yards out. Um, sure. That's just kind of how college kicking works. But like if you muff a kickoff or a punt, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to be like on the Twitter <laughs> direct, like mentioning Tom Riddle, like, like I did with Trey Haverty, like you suck. <laughs> and Haverty replied, which I thought was great. Um, like everybody sees it and everybody, and I don't know if everybody's been saying it. I, I, I'm on the, the Kyle Jacobson train of fair catch everything. Oh yeah. You gain nothing. You, you gain almost absolutely nothing to try to run that thing back. There are more negative things that can happen than positive in any special team situation. If they're giving you the ball, like, yeah, you don't want to just like not put a returner back there and just let the ball roll an extra 20 yards. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I'd rather have that, <laughs> but like fair, catch it, get under it, catch the ball. If they hit you, then that, that, that that's a penalty. Um, just get into the ball and make a secure catch. Don't be running after it um, to catch it in the air. If you're waving people off and then you run up on it, like I, I, I get that. I don't want to like hammer Adrian Fry for this. Cause he said that he thought it may have touched somebody else and he was going to go try to recover it. Make sure it wasn't turned over that way. I, I can understand that. And you know, on the in field of play, yes. on the field yeah. of play, you can see a bunch of legs moving around the ball m may take a funny bounce. You're like, holy crap. Do one of our guys just kick that? I have to go get this because he's probably the only one really paying attention to that besides an official or the, 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 the coverage team. But like, you just, you can't turn the ball over on stupid plays like that. And I'm, I'm, again, I'm not saying Fry is stupid or Mannix is stupid. Just the situation of... <laughs> Yeah, they're the giving you the ball. Just yeah, the take situation it. that the cosmos has induced to this spinning orb that led to that situation is stupid. Yeah, like just the fact that it. Oh man, this is a thing. Of course, this would happen to Texas Tech. Of course, that ball would take a convincing bounce and make Fry go, "Oh crap!" Yeah, <laughs> one of our guys, someone kicked that. I've got to jump on it. So yeah, I saw that too afterwards and felt the same way. I, that makes so much sense because looking back at the tape, you can see he. He was hesitant to move, and then all of a sudden he realized, oh, I've got to move. Yeah. You can see it. You can almost see that happen. Um, speaking of see it happen, when y'all watch the game, and hopefully the game's over between 2.30 or 3, 
if you're around your phone, fire up the old Spotify green room app because we will be going live at the end of this game for our instant reaction like we have for the other three earlier this year. It's it's a free audio-only social media platform for sports fans. You can start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. You can talk with other sports fans, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time. You can join in on conversations with me, and you will be featured on our podcast. We'll be hosting rooms every week, about 30 minutes or so after kickoff. Kickoff. 30 minutes or so after the end of the game. That's a very instant reaction. <laughs> Where are you 30 minutes into the game? Oh, my gosh. They haven't got it to Ezekama once. Fire everyone. <laughs> so come through. You can come through and talk with us live. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app. It's free in the iOS app store. It's also on Google Play. You can create a profile. You can link your Twitter and join our group. You can follow me, Michael McDonald, to be notified when the room goes live. But really, you should follow Spencer at Spencer Rogers. He's usually the one that starts the room. So be sure to follow, go ahead and follow us both, but follow him. He usually starts it. We'll be going live after the end of the game, probably 3 o'clock or so on Saturday. Come with your spiciest takes. Hey, since you mentioned that, um, how intentional did you feel that was that Ezukama was not targeted for as long as he was? I mean, it felt like, okay, this first quarter, we're not going to throw it to him. Someone I've read someone say that he was double teamed the whole time. I didn't see that. I don't think he was. Even if he was, that means like, okay, great. Well, we've got everybody else that we can like take advantage of you single covering or like if you're rolling coverage over to Ezukanma, okay, fine. We've got Geiger price and we can run it on you. It seemed painfully intentional. Yeah. Which is fine. Like, it, I mean, it, that's fine. Okay. Uh, let, let's look around the big 12 before you wrap up with your questions and what we learned. A lot of these games, Michael, I'll be honest. I have not a good feeling on one way or the other. <laughs> SMU at TCU. TCU is a nine point favorite as of Tuesday night, 11 a.m. on FS1. Battle for the Iron Skillet. That's uh, not too bad. That's a pretty good little made up trophy. Sure, but do you like TCU minus nine? No, I don't like. No, I don't like TCU as a favorite in any of these games, no matter what the line was so far. I, yeah. I don't trust them. I never have. I've never trusted them. It just always are. They're so inconsistent. So first real test for Baylor. Let's we'll see if they're, they're legitimate or not. Uh, they are hosting number 14, Iowa state, Iowa state on the road is more than a touchdown favorite. Seven and a half points two thirty over on the big Fox. Yeah. See, that'll get you the eyeballs. If you're the cyclones. So you get, you get to be on the big Fox again. I, I don't know enough about Baylor if they can hang with Iowa state. I'm not a big fan of Iowa state. I just don't think they're, they're, they're all that great. This could be a really ugly close game. I just seven and a half point. Like that's a weird line for this game. I don't like it. If I had to pick I would pick Iowa state to cover in this one. It, it, I don't trust Baylor yet. They are at home, but Iowa state's just, I mean, they, looked awful against Iowa, but maybe Iowa's just really good because they still haven't lost and they're still in the top 10. I don't know. Maybe one of the games we talked about, um, 
as a possibility to keep Kansas from going over Kansas on the road at Duke way. Like I don't, I have no idea where this came from. Duke is a 16 point favorite 3 PM over on the ACC network. Uh, going into the season, I heard Duke was supposed to be like on par with Kansas and being one of the worst power five teams out there. 16 point favorite at home. Disrespectful to the Jayhawks. It is, is disrespectful to the Jayhawks. Um, give me Kansas to cover that. that, that this is the only one because, because it's such a large line. Like I feel, I think Jason Bean can keep it close with his feet. They they did just get hammered by Baylor though. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. Can, number twenty five, Kansas State. In Stillwater at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is a six-point favorite. Weird. This is a Big 12 now ESPN Plus game. <clears throat> this is a Big 12 conference game. Two conference opponents playing, and it's on the streaming platform only. Friend of the show, uh, Scott, who is on Bosco's Boys, he had, a, I think he had a couple of tweets about this, and I am with him. Uh, this is disrespectful. Someone else or what? <laughs> but it was just like. What I am very interested in this game. I mean, surely I'm not the only person that is not a Kansas State or Oklahoma State fan who's looking at this game going, oh, that's going to be some, that's going to be a good test. That's going to be a good football game. I mean, is it because Skylar Thompson's out? Is it, I, I don't know. I mean, Oklahoma State should have lost to Boise State. I don't know how they didn't. Um, I know, actually, I do know how they didn't because Boise State recovered a fumble, but the call the and ran it in for a touchdown with just a few minutes left, but the call was blown dead because they didn't think it was a fumble. And sure enough, it was. So the advancement didn't count anymore. Um, anyway, they should have won or they should have lost that game. They should have lost to Tulsa. Uh, but Kansas state has been kind of all over the place. You know, they looked Really great against Stanford, of course. Then Skylar Thompson went out, and they struggled against an FCS team like Teg did. Picked it back up. Uh, did great with their backup last week. But I am so surprised that this is on Big 12 ESPN+. Plus. A, a, a Big 12 matchup between two teams that are usually in the mix for the Big 12 championship in football. Or, you know, in the mix at some point in the season. And one of them is ranked right now. Yeah, and rightfully so. I mean, should be ranked, I think, especially with the injuries they've had to still be able to pull off what they can do. I don't, I'm, I will definitely be watching this one because I'm, I'm glad I have ESPN Plus, but dang, that just kind of boggles my mind. So are you taking Kansas State to cover? Because I am. I would. I would take yeah, Kansas. I, I mean, I would flat out pick them to win. I, I think Oklahoma State's finally going to, their luck's going to run out. And it's so strange how they've, they've been able to, they're three and O, but like legit could be one and two or O and three. And yes. you would, I mean, you'd be surprised they lost to the, an FCS team, but watching them play, you'd be like, Oh, I, I, I see that now. <laughs> I understand how they're O and three. Yeah. I mean, neither team scored after the second half in Boise. Yeah. That's, I think it was 21, 20 at halftime. And, and that was that West Virginia in Norman, Oklahoma, Oklahoma is a 16 and a half point favorite 630 on ABC. Did generous to me. Did the Sooners burn you after struggling with Nebraska? 
they have burned me a little bit. Um, you know, I was, I was fully on board the whole, uh, yeah, this game needs to be played at night because, Oh, he's just going to roll over Nebraska and that way everyone can watch it. And it's just going to be so majestic and beautiful, just delicious football, <laughs> but it actually turned out to be really close. Nebraska really made a game of it. Um, and I don't know if that's more on them or on OU, but I think OU's been really inconsistent so far this season, especially on offense. And I mean, OU minus 16 and a half. West Virginia, yeah, they should have lost to Virginia Tech. Kind of the same thing. They just they just about gave the game away in the last few seconds. Neil Brown ran a draw when he needed a first down to ice the game and had to punt. And like it was just ridiculous. Oh, they threw an interception. No, that's mm, what it was. Yeah, Daggy threw an interception, but somehow their defense stepped up because their defense is really good. Um, <laughs> I, so with that, I, I, I don't take, buy. I would take West Virginia to cover. I, I don't know. I, I and, may be just a hater. And 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 this may be like where Oklahoma, like, is a get right game. Sure. Because um, they there was a close game versus Tulane, and then yes, it was Western Carolina, and they blew them out. And they were picked to blow out uh, Nebraska, and they didn't. So. I, I maybe I just need to realize Oklahoma is not as good as they have been. Like they're still going to compete and possibly oh, yeah. win the conference. They're just not as good as they have been. Um, 16 they may not be and a half is dominant. Feels like a large number. I, I think they can do it though. I'm going to say they cover. All right. I'm, yeah. Let's, uh, let's get to some questions now. Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy? Damn it! Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, so Michael sent out the tweet this afternoon, filled, not really filled, uh, with the emojis. Stepping up the Twitter game. Texas Tech heads to Austin for their first chance at a 4-0 start since 2013. The year they went 7-0 to finish 7-5. UT has averaged 245 yards per game on the ground. Tech has only allowed 55 yards per game on the ground. What needs to happen to get that win? Um, so let's go through. Conman, Jcon 88, play all four quarters. So... If I'm understanding him right, he thinks as long as we're not having some massive gap mental fart and miss a quarter, Texas Tech should win. And I don't know. I disagree with him. I think if you're there and you don't have some stupidity go against you, I think you've got a great shot to win this game. I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what you were saying earlier. And that's, that's what I'm thinking won't happen. I think there will be some crazy mental lapse and, somehow they only play 3.85 quarters or something. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be, I think it's a great point. Play all four quarters. And yes, I'm just worried that just worried that something's going to happen and that, that, uh, they won't quite get there. Kyle Lang. I got a firsthand look at UT last weekend. It was hard to gauge whether UT is that good or rice is that bad. Probably somewhere in the middle. The ground game was explosive and their defense was Okay kind of what we've said so far. So we're seeing the same thing you are. Once again, Rice isn't exactly dynamic. Honestly, don't know what to expect Saturday, but he is picking a 35-24 Texas victory. 
I, I almost went there. I, I did come back down to just a seven point victory for UT, but yeah, we're with you, Kyle. It's, I know that their pass defense was, you know, as bad as Tex was <laughs> the, the last two years, at least, mm-hmm. or maybe it was the, you know, the two years before last, I can't remember. Um, and I think that's still going to be ripe for the picking for uh, a pass happy team that has had a lot of success on big plays. Yeah. Dip chip six. Well, UT needs to rush for 55, not 245. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> that's ideal. Yes. You run Bring for 55. I, I I think you're winning this game. <laughs> Reckham Colt. Definitely stopping the run is key. Make them pass the ball and create turnovers. Offense needs to start strong and sustain drives. Run the ball effectively and we have a good shot. That's beautiful. If that, again, if that happens, like you touched on all of our keys, I think Texas Tech can win this game. It makes me smile thinking about it. M. Carroll, 910. We start off slow, maybe go down and score two. If our own line steps up, they can keep us in the game. By half, we are closer, still down, but not by much. Second half is an enigma. If the O line can hold, then I think we're in good shape the whole game. Um, yeah, I. <laughs> I haven't seen a whole lot because they, they, they haven't faced a, a passing team like Texas tech yet. What kind of pressure they're able to generate. Um, but so far in the season, like, like we've hammered this point, they give up a lot of yards on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and a good defensive line can usually do one or both, but they're not like, they're not bad at one and really good at the other one in terms of stopping the run and getting a pass rush. So they're not very great stopping the run. I don't think they're going to be all that great at getting, at getting pressure. Realize though, our offensive line has been inconsistent. Yes. And, and they looked a lot better last week, but Florida international may not be the strongest defensive front. And as I was saying earlier, you know, I felt like in Arkansas versus Texas, the Arkansas offensive line won those battles, but that doesn't mean that tech has the same offensive line as Arkansas. So it's, it's just, I can't predict that based off just what I've seen of them play independently. Mm-hmm. And it, it does concern me a little bit because, you know, Houston was shuck was pressured pretty well against Houston and you know, we could see a lot of that too against Texas. Brandon at Cali Texan. I think we'll do okay against design runs. Stopping quarterback scrambles when plays break down has been Achilles heel for this defense, particularly on third down. That will be huge in getting their O off the field. Also can't have any big special teams gaps. I think that's something that we, we didn't touch on is the quarterback scrambling, uh, aspect of this. Um, both quarterbacks can move their feet, can move the ball with their feet. Yes. Um, if our pass defense is able to, to minimize throwing lanes and windows, maybe card and Thompson are finding some space on the ground. Um, if that happens, if they're able to, to, you know, if, if they're breaking down and escaping the pocket, got to try to minimize that as much as possible. Like I, I know we can't stop everything. <laughs> if you could, you're probably playing with 12 or 13 guys on defense. But got to get off the field when, when, when you can. Also, not having special teams gaffes right there with you, man. Last one, Ken Moyer, pack up the cans of whoop ass and open them all. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Load it up in the semi. 
all the cans, maybe a couple barrels, throwing a couple barrels of whip ass just to be safe. Yeah. All right. Uh, Michael, let's wrap this up with uh, what we learned and then we'll, um, we'll wrap it up. I don't know why I said that twice. <laughs> what did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. So I'm going to go first really quickly. I, I know Michael's got, he can't wait to share the best salad. Um, mm. I'm sure you all are, are at least passively aware of the missing person situation or from that cross country trip between the boyfriend, and the girlfriend, and they found a body up in Wyoming. Um, lo- like doing some research into this story. I, I, I came across a podcast. Uh, it's called murder with my husband where the, the girl goes through and just like tells these stories to the, her husband, who's not a, not a true crime guy but he's like just reacting to her and she's done all this research from all these other sources. Um, so they did a, an episode on this girl, uh, recently, but since then I've been binging their podcast, both on YouTube and on Apple podcast. Uh, and I've, I'm, I'm hooked. These they're like, they're between 30 and 45 minutes. Usually they cover a story, uh, about just the wild nature of, people going missing. Uh, usually it's some kind of murder. Um, obviously with the title of the podcast murder with my husband. Um, but it's wild. I, I can't get enough true crime podcast. The one I'm listening to right now, murder with my husband. That is very interesting. I've got to tell my wife about it because I feel like she could have that same podcast because there's so many times I'll come home from work or whatever. And she'll just say, Hey, did you hear about those teens that went missing in Oregon? <laughs> no. And then, you know, three days later, she say, Hey, they found those teens or whatever it was. And I, and I will have already forgotten what the, what we were talking. What, what do you mean? What's, what's the context here? Who there were teens missing? Yeah. We talked about it three or four days ago. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. And so she's always on top of this stuff and, yeah. and I'm just way behind. I feel like I, my part of the podcast would just be me going, huh? What? That's kind of what, what her husband does. Like in this podcast, he's like, he's just reacting like, cause he doesn't do the research she does. And she puts the show yeah. together and then tells the story to him. He's like, Oh, that's wild. It's crazy. Like you, do, oh, I, I wouldn't have thought that. What a crazy turn. Uh, one of the things is like, yes, the, the one that, that was recent had a fairly quick resolution, right? Like she was declared missing on the, on the 11th and they found a body on Sunday, this past Sunday, is mm, that the 19th? So like eight days, some of them are like years between when the person goes missing and they start the search until there's any kind of resolution. There was one, uh, sadly it was about actually a really young kid who went missing like 15 years ago. And she's like, I've got nothing else to update on you. Like these still missing. Um, but like some of them are, are about just vicious murder. Some are just like, very mysterious situations. I don't know. True crime podcast. Murder with my husband. I'm binging that now. Well, I, I'll get back to my tease in the opener, which I'm sure there's so many people that listen solely to the end for this. I am, you know, I'm not opposed to salads. I'm not that guy that's like, oh, just 
you know, it's nothing but meat for me, just beef, just all red meat, man. That's all I go for. No, I'm not that. I like salads fine. They're great. I like vegetarian meals here and there. You know, I'm open to all of it. I and just so clicked I will, on the link. <laughs> oh, well, I can't get it to work. So, so you know what it is now. Um, well, I, I only because like the link's not working for me, but the, the URL, like the name of the, the dish is in the URL. Yeah. That's weird. The link's not working for me anymore either. So the salad that I've recently discovered, no, I did not discover it. My wife discovered it and she, she let me in on it. Wendy's. Now, now, those of you who like fast food salads, that's not going to be a huge surprise because they've kind of been in the game for a long time. But they have a jalapeno popper salad. And it is perfect. I never thought I needed jalapenos in a salad. I don't know how I've never made this connection. I don't know how I've never actually tried this and done this before and really tried to make a salad kind of spicy. This salad will make me sweat a little bit. It's got um, jalapenos, you know, actual pickled jalapenos, cheese, bacon. Uh, it's got really good bacon too. Wendy's has good bacon. They, of course, chicken breast. Usually it's served with the spicy crispy chicken breast, but I've, I've been going with grilled. And then they have the, the cheese is pepper jack, by the way, diced tomatoes. So it's almost got like a pico thing going with it. And then... Uh, crispy jalapeno cheddar croutons mm. and a jalapeno ranch to cover this delightful salad. I mean, I'm, I'm not kidding, man. It's one of those that just, you think, well, this is so, why haven't I done this? Why haven't I made this salad at home or at a salad bar and just thought, yeah, I'm going to throw some jalapenos in here and just kind of make a, you know, jalapeno popper salad thing going. So, if you like salads, especially from fast food places, I, th- I think that Chick-fil-A makes some Southwestern one that I like quite a bit too. That may be my other other one. But man, this is a kicker. It's good. So in terms of fast food salads, I don't, I don't know like how, if Dion's is considered fast food, they have a really good salad option. Yes. The ranch oh salad. Um, which I think is like one it has ranch. They have really good ranch dressing, but I think it's, it's got the one with pastrami um, and shredded mozzarella. Uh, that one's really good. They're, they're just regular ham and bacon. One's really good. We always get the Dion's mix on the side or just not use it at all. I don't like the onions and peppers like or cucumbers, whatever that mixes. No, everything else is great. Um, so two things. All right. So there's that. The other thing, when I was, I was doing a search for this salad, not on the Wendy's website that they were talking about it at the bottom of the page had a link to a jalapeno popper dip, like a queso dip. It's like, I, I, I gotta, I gotta follow up on that. <laughs> I gotta try that out. Um, See, that's what happens to us. We're kind of like with food. We just, it's, it's like when you go down the YouTube rabbit hole, mm-hmm. kind of the same way with food because then they'll give, there'll be some advertisement for something else that's similar to what you're looking up. Like, Oh, Oh yeah. Let me look into that. And the next thing you know, you've been online for 30 minutes looking at recipes and watching videos of someone grilling something. Yeah. Sorry. The other thing, when you talk about jalapenos so much, I I candied some jalapenos. I made cowboy candy. Um, so it's, it's a pickled, but it's a sweet pickled jalapeno. And I use red jalapenos. Like they're, they're they're ripened all the way to red, which just means they're a little bit softer. I have the, the, the crunch and the, the green taste that you're usually uh, associate with the, jalapeno um 
but you make this syrup and you kind of boil, you cook them for very, very, a very little amount of time. Um, and then you can it. The spice profile of the candied, uh, the cowboy candy that I was looking at was very close. I didn't have all of them, but then I realized like a lot of the spices he was talking about are included in pumpkin pie spice. It's like, well, I've got that. So I made pumpkin pie spiced pickled candied jalapenos. And I made it a couple weeks ago. I tried it today for the first time and man, was it a ride? It was obviously sweet up front with the, the syrup. Uh, I ha- had two. Both of them had a really good crunch to it still, even though it's been, you know, soaking in the syrup for a couple of weeks. Um, the first one, it was like, hmm, that's sweet. And then it was a crunch to it. And then it was like, boom, hot. I was like all over my tongue. I was like, whoa, that came from nowhere. Second one wasn't as hot. So I was like, well, th- this pepper was inconsistent, right? It wasn't hot all the way through, but it was really good there. You know, it has vinegar in it, but there's not a, there's not a vinegar taste. It's just the sweetness. Um, got a good fall profile, obviously with the, the pumpkin pie spice to it. I think it's you're really good. Here. I think you've, I think you've inadvertently stumbled upon hot boy fall. <laughs> hot boy. Fall. Um, I, I think I may also do some of these for like Christmas gifts for friends or whatever. Just m- make up these little, like little jars, uh, and give those up. I'm going to have a lot of jalapenos. I've, I've got a bunch now. Um, my indoor grow tent is exploding. It's, it's, it's taken off. I love it. Um, but cowboy candy, but made with hot pumpkin pie spice instead of some of the other ones. Oh, it's way good. I would right. try that. Yeah, for sure. It's for that'll do it for us on the 23 personnel podcast. This is our Texas preview. Get you ready for the game in Austin. That's Michael. I'm Spencer. We'll catch you on Saturday. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.